0: Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. Today, we think about the Mardi Gras that has ended and the season of Lent. There are a lot of religious traditions, and I've known a lot of Catholics, and, you know, they put ash on their forehead to symbolize the beginning of Lent. And it's a ritual, means something, doesn't mean anything, and it's just one of those things in life that other people do that might not seem less than strange to others, but we tolerate it in the name of religious freedom. I do believe that our country is founded on freedom of religion, and mostly it's freedom from religion because there can't be a state religion and imposition of a state religion upon people telling them what they have to believe and how they have to pray and all that. Well, so we see that in other parts of the world. For instance, now, you know, I hesitate to knock, but when Donald Trump heaps praise on Kim Jong-un, doesn't he really know that it's much more than just a dictator? They make this guy into a god. Some people don't even believe he defecates. He's so godly. And they build a cult around him and worship him. And that's the state. And it was that way with his dad and granddad. And I mean, people, you know... Speaking of the Catholics, I love the Catholics, but they were Kennedy people, and a lot of people had JFK pictures and Jesus in their house, and uh, Bobby Kennedy. So it doesn't matter if Kim Jong-un has his picture in every room in North Korea, every house, every space, every toilet. It doesn't matter. Except that a president of the United States should not be fooled by such a pretender. And before I shake down a few of these things, I just want to tell you, I spread some joy coming into my office studio here where I record. My new dog, Steve, and I've told you about that. He's my pound dog, and I don't know if that's derogatory or not. You know, he's a rescue animal. They made jokes on some talk show about that recently. And uh, he's just fantastic. But he he's on the couch and he's just got his head up on the arm just sleeping. He's just so comfortable. None of my other dogs ever got on my couch. And I don't know if I would have tolerated it, but he came home traumatized and that seemed to give him a little bit of joy to jump up there and be comfortable. So, And, you know, he's the least smelly dog I've ever had so it's it's really uh, it's okay he's you know he's not huge my had 140 pound Rottweiler he was mixed with something I'm sure because he's far above the breed standard but he was he looked like a bear and he protected my family and my children when they were young and what a sense of security that animal provided Stephen barks, and he can be very vicious. Well, I mean, not vicious, vicious, but he's territorial and protective, and I need to subject him to a little more training, but he's a good guard dog as far as sounding an alarm or just taking an enemy on head-on. I mean, this is a dog that chases cattle and other large animals and herds them. So, he's not afraid to charge right in there. That's kind of what I've done. I'll boost it up a little bit because, you know, it's more of a slow malinger for me, but I made it to a few events this week. They were very interesting. One was a women's conference that the Antelope Valley Partners for Health, put on in conjunction with, forgive me for not knowing all the other participants, but it's just a chance to, well, the first part was health statistics by a um, Department of Health official. And see, now this is the neat part of the story. I, I met a woman there. She sat down at my table, Christina Herman. She's with the health department. And she's, her job is to, bring the message together and the team together and unify the unification of the various departments of health. And I was joking with her. I said, which one are you with? And it turns out that yeah, there are a few that they're trying to coordinate and she's in charge of that. And we, well, me mostly, you know, told some stories. and It's, it's interesting to know that We keep trying. You know, it's kind of like Stephen charging headlong in there. He, we just have to do that. I mean, somebody's got to rush in. I told you about the one fire captain that comes to the city council meetings, Tom Sullivan, who with a contingent from LA County, drove to the pile and worked the rubble pile looking for survivors. Now that's, that's heroic. That's an honor and makes me proud to be an American. And that's really what this show is about. It's about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And nothing makes me happier to know that we can fight to keep our republic. We can fight to keep it in existence. And sometimes it can seem that these in these strange times, and I saw John Meacham, an author, historian, on TV, and all the other guys that Michael uh professors of history, all these guys that just concede that there's never been anything like this. One one scandal out of six in a day would have used to have been, you know. Uh, a game changer, a world changer, a just big moment. And now they happen so often and it's so dizzying and we don't know what's happening, you know. I mean, we're trying to keep our little part together and but our European allies and our Asian allies and all these relationships are strained beyond repair in some cases. I mean, the only real repair is a new president. So, it's getting to the point where and now, you know, these indictments. Let's talk about that for a minute because Paul Manafort, the uh, Donald Trump's campaign manager who tries to disavow and downplay his significance and role, was sentenced on one of the two courts he's going to be sentenced into four years. The judge gave him much less than they wanted to give him and kind of complained about the sentencing guidelines. But there are some redacted things in these things. So when the government finishes with Paul Manafort and these other things that haven't even been decided, other, you know, exhibit one or person one, or, there's indictments coming that are going to touch perhaps Trump's children or Trump himself. And these are the times that we have to gird ourselves for. Remember that, fellow Americans that we disagree with, there are still so many people that support Donald Trump, and I understand that they are honoring the tradition of our president being the commander-in-chief, and the buck stops here, and all of that. And to go against that would be to go against things I hold dear. We cannot root for harm or bad fortune because in the president's hands rests the fate of our nation. So we have to wish well for all concerned. But we cannot let someone just break the law and, well, I know I just... I remember back, and since the, the election, and the despair, and the it's like life is sucked out of people. And that's why I like to breathe some air back in and hold it up. Let's do that. So welcome back from the break to Upholding Matters. Now, you may have heard me say that I wait till the next day to get some fresh perspective for the second half of the show. And certainly today was no exception because okay, I I go to these meetings and it's a little bit I get worked up. You know, some of these issues, you want to see a good outcome, and there doesn't seem to be one coming, and it can be a little frustrating, So, but that's just me, you know. Sometimes it's hard to sleep, and then I did some work, so it seemed to work out okay. So I woke up to one thing done and one thing that would have to get done. And I also had finally a story put in the paper where I got some attention for what was said at the meeting about a commissioner at large and how I would like to take that job so that the city's commissions could function more efficiently. So that was good. That was a nice start. So it was a pretty good day of accomplishments. I got my boys to cut the grass and I got to go through some old papers that needed to be looked through and sorted and some thrown away. And that was a nice dinner. I had some great hot dogs and, you know, they make really nice frozen onion rings and french fries. So You cannot duplicate. I I bought it at Wendy's a couple times recently just because it's so damn delicious. But at home, you can, you know, get some nice uh, red robin or whatever they are, onion rings and any kind of fries from Checkers or or every restaurant. And uh, some great hot dogs and buns and Onion and celery, salt, and just make it a a dog to remember. And so it was pretty good. And then the second part of the show. Now we have to talk about stuff. Hmm. And I want to jump back in here and say, I had to pause. This is how things happen. Stuff just happens. I didn't control the studio, and the heat kicked on. So I apologize for that noise. The editors don't like it. Anyway, it it just shows you, you know, things happen. And today, of course, was a day like that in the world news because, you know, we've talked about what? World Unraveling Dissociative Disorder. And first I have to clear something up. I guess I made a mistake. I talked a little bit about the one meeting which was about mental health public health all that stuff where the women came in to present and basically told the commission the wellness commission in the city that just treatment for drug addiction is the wrong approach basically you know requiring a whole person sort of approach and um They walked out with those people from Tarzana Treatment Center. So my error was that they had a higher need to speak. So defend and explain and ask. and. Okay, I get that now. So I'm going to cut them some slack. And it was silly standing there talking to people who weren't actually in the room. And, you know, you observed proper decorum and you're not supposed to turn around and look at the people in the audience and so that's what was there but what world unraveling dissociative disorder is affecting people in different places in much more severe ways people in Venezuela woke up to no power so their infrastructure is bad and Everything else is going wrong. And um, now they have no power. And, you know, it pumps the water, so they don't have any water. And can you imagine what a hellish nightmare situation, a city of millions, Caracas, that already is a little third-worldy on the outskirts? And... Just to have no power, no water and no gas and you know, it's, it's not to be flippant or crude, it's like a zombie apocalypse setting. It's just a mass metropolis descending into chaos. It's it's scary. Now, Brexit, you know, the English and Theresa May, the Prime Minister trying to separate from the economic union and so that England can have its own economy and destiny over its economy. And, you know, it's way too complicated to even try and explain, because basically it was a, uh, you know, almost a world government sort of a situation. At least in the European local neighborhood. Everybody coming together for a strength that only their connectedness could give. And so whatever the pluses or minuses are, it's something that is delicate, intricate, and hard to unravel, and no one actually knows a lot of the time what the heck is really going to happen. So these things are affecting the world, but more immediate, now North Korea is up to it again. So, you remember last week's Vietnam summit, and it turns out that with Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump, you remember, uh, it turns out that Trump really pulled out abruptly and left them kind of sitting there with lunch on the table and humiliated and embarrassed the great leader. And now North Korea is having activity at one of their launch sites where they produce weapons and transporting it to the launch site where they can put it into space. And no matter how you cut it, a highly provocative maneuver on the North Koreans. So now, even that has further consequences because, you know, the Chinese are pretty tight with the North Koreans. I mean, they allow them to exist, basically. And of course, the nuclear bomb dynamic changes a lot of the equations that we have with North Korea, South Korea has with them, Japan, and certainly China, their their host nation. So, but Trump is supposed to get together with the Chinese Xi Jinping and have him come to Mar-a-Lago and sign this great new trade deal, and now the Chinese premier won't even come America because he's afraid that he'll get embarrassed and humiliated by Trump. You know, they want the deal back to the normal way when they would have the principles come only in to sign after a deal had been struck. And they're not going to negotiate head of state to head of state. And that's just not how these things are done. So there's been more fallout from the Paul Manafort sentencing and the judge and, you know, he said something like uh, wasn't about collusion to Russia or not so directly. It was that was wrong because this trial that Manafort was convicted on pled guilty to are financial crimes, bank fraud, tax fraud, stuff like that. And, yeah, it's got nothing to do with running over a duck with your motorboat either. So the judge didn't really have to say that. And then you got Donald Trump this morning. He's got a new thing. It's a uh, collusion witch hoax. There is none. And he's claiming the judge said it. But the judge didn't actually say that because the other things that the unsealed and undelivered counts or whatever they call it haven't even been delivered to the other people that are involved in some of the Russian stuff. So it's, it's, it's crazy. We've never been this deep. And the thing that got me most today was a story about Newport Beach. And that's where my city's mayor, R.X. Paris, lives. He's got his dream home in this affluent community. And God bless him. But now in this high school in Newport Beach, richest kids anywhere, they're, they're doing pro-Nazi parties. They're making swastikas out of beer cups and taking selfies of dozens of them saluting like Heil Hitler. And See, this is the trouble with messing with the order that binds us. I mean, if you're an American... You probably have a granddad that fought in the Second World War, or a great-granddad. Now, that was against Hitler and Nazism and all these brutal crimes, and the same thing that any totalitarian government does, Kim Jong-un still does. These are horrible things, and they're not to be emulated. And they had to bring a lady in, probably very few left Holocaust survivors to just talk to the people, and I hope that helped, because that would change your mind. Having a woman tell you how people wiped out her entire family. This was the cousin of Anne Frank. And, my goodness, get out there and salute the flag and say you want to find out the best way to help America. Please, please. Think about what you're doing when you do stuff like that. It's it's disheartening to the world.